Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. So for those of you who are a purveyor of the financial news, um, if you follow the, the markets, plural, uh, at all, or if you if you just uh, occasionally turn on CNBC, you will know that the, uh, the the stock market, especially the Dow Jones and the Nasdaq, have have been taking a poop recently, especially the last I don't know seven days. Uh, the Dow fell like a thousand points today. I think that's what two percent. <coughs> Sorry, um, it was down for a good portion of the day. Yeah, it did rally at the end of the day. <coughs> yeah, I think I think we did close. They did close positive. Positive, I but still, say. Uh, like a two percent drop yes, in a single day. Everything closed positive, but at one point, um, we were down almost almost two thousand points today. Right, um, which that's a lot. Um, for those of you who don't know, that's usually not a good thing. I mean, that's not, that's not good. Um, I saw that even Peloton, the that that the stationary bike company, uh, that not even David Bowie could save them, uh, because. Uh, they, they're, they're st- I looked at it. Their stock, if you go back two years ago, to, basically to this day, it was like 30 something dollars. And if you look at it now, it's around $30. Even though at the height of the, of the pandemic, it was over $150. So they're basically back where they started two years ago because everyone's, everyone's realizing as more and more uh, people who are in the know, who are down with the sickness, as it were, with COVID <laughs> – um, they're all saying, well, we've got to go back to normal now. And so everyone's having to readjust their financial positions to factor in the fact that uh, people are not going to be ordering food at, to home anymore, that they're, they won't have as much time to, to stream Netflix. Netflix has taken a dump here recently, too, big time. Uh, that's, I think it's also between that and the reopening, the reopening play and the fact that they're raising prices is not, is not helping Netflix. Um so there's a huge shift, huge shift, big shift in the markets uh, because people are, are pricing in reopening. And it's also true, too, that everyone's waited. It's waiting on the edge of their seat with bated breath. They're, 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 they have, they've got white knuckles and blue, and blue faces because they're waiting for that new, the new, uh, for the Fed to release their interest rates. Because I was reading Goldman Sachs, and they're saying that they're expecting a full percentage point increase in interest rates this year. So I don't know what, I don't know what old Papa J. Rubens got cooked up over there at, at, the, uh, at the Federal Reserve, but uh, it's not going to be good for you because rising interest rates, while interest rates need to rise... Um, that's going to affect a lot of people. So yeah, and, uh, it's been a very interesting day in the markets. Um, I did write a quick little piece on my Substack LibertyOverDrive.substack.com. You can follow my writings there. Um, I did post something about the markets, and I I I think um I was watching Tim Pool this morning, and it kind of confirmed what I was saying, and and what I was believing, what I was thinking. Um, just what, what what went on last week and what started going on this morning. The markets did rally. I think that stocks just got so cheap today. Everyone started buying. Everyone up. started buying up. Yeah, because yeah. things were just so ridiculously cheap. Not cheap um, in a technical sense of like the stocks are still very expensive right now, but they were cheap relative to where they were a few weeks ago. Um, or just a week ago. Yeah, there's reports. Uh, I think it was Marjorie Taylor Greene. She's a Georgia senator, or no, sorry, Congresswoman. Congresswoman. Sorry. 
um, who apparently sold a bunch of Netflix and a bunch of other um, stay-at-home stocks about a week ago before this markets happened. So uh, uh, if you want to get angry about senators and um, Congress people doing stuff like that, they've been doing that forever. Insider trading is legal. Is it shady and and unethical? Sure, 100%. But they have every legal, you know, right under our laws to do such a thing so um but it was interesting that um why would a senator be be selling a or sorry senator why would a congressperson be selling a bunch of um stay-at-home stocks that have been doing so so well um right as the market is beginning to collapse and right before the market was beginning to collapse in this sector it points to me um it points to tell me that I think that there's something coming to the pipeline, especially with with, with Biden's um, vaccine mandate getting shot down in the courts, and with and with the UK basically backtracking all of its COVID restrictions, and um, countries like um, Israel backing down on the vaccine passport. That I think that something's on on the horizon. Good news on the horizon of a life returning to normal very very soon, and that's evident in the financial world the financial world seeing it too um they're seeing the fact that we're still in the middle of winter still in the middle of flu season and, and omicron is fizzling out like think about that for a second that you're in the middle of if a virus is going to spread now is the time to do it it's the coldest part of the year we're in january and the, the omicron variant across the world is beginning to fizzle out Cases are dropping. I think they, they think the UK has cut their cases in half. You know, it, 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 this is not a very um, um, uh, long-standing variant. If in the middle of a flu season, the middle of the most transmissible time um, it's ever going to get, it's it's peaking and it's beginning to be on, on the decline. We're seeing it here in the United States. You're seeing it in places like New York, places like Georgia and Florida. Beginning to see all these places are beginning to plateau and fall. So the markets are now reacting to that and saying, hey, you know, people are going to be leaving their homes soon because we're, we're running out of ideas. We're running out of ways to keep people home and keep the vet and keep the masks we're on. on. We're on the, <coughs> the third show for Tiger King now. Yeah, no, seriously. And I think that I think that, you know, and in a large part, the market's falling. Um, and if anyone who watches the markets know that, like, if, if a few sectors fall, the whole thing kind of collapses along with it. Um because there's so many things that just weight the S&P and the Dow. So whenever you have big names, um, big stay-at-home names like um, like like Amazon and Netflix and Peloton and all these other you know stay-at-home plays are beginning to fall, uh, that's a sign that we're possibly heading um, to a to a better future. Because people are taking if people thought that we were going to still be locked down and still be at home and wearing masks and, and all this, all this, um, all that's been going on the last two years, they wouldn't have sold Netflix. Basically continuing the fall of 2020. <clears throat> yeah. Um, it, it, the, what's interesting is too, is the great point that people have been making is that the people who know first of what's going to happen are people who run the financial sector, the people who run these financial firms, the people who run major corporations, because they are connected to the government in so many different ways, it's, it'll make your brain hurt. And because they're so connected to congressmen, congresswomen, senators, presidents, governors, whatever, whenever you see a Marjorie Taylor Greene or an AOC or a Nancy Pelosi sell or buy anything, you know something's getting ready to happen, right? Because wasn't it, uh, wasn't, didn't Mitch Romney uh, s- or buy or sell certain stocks before the lockdowns came out? 
Yeah, that was that was the uh, um, a lot of it was here in Georgia. It yeah. was um um Loeffler and Purdue sold a bunch of um travel hotel stocks um and bought um pharmaceutical companies and industrials and things that would have done well in a pandemic. Stay home. Yeah, stay, stay at home, home basically. Play. So whenever you see them make these moves because they're connected to the people who are in the know, uh, you know something's getting ready to happen. Whether good or bad or just indifferent, you know something's getting ready to happen. Um, so, you know, it, it's not at all that surprising. Um, I, 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 I have a live feed of uh, Jim Cramer's uh, studio, uh, calling it Chair Watch. You see he's going to start throwing chairs again um, <laughs> because, you know, he's. I'm sure he's going crazy. Uh, didn't Kathleen Woods, uh, didn't all her... Didn't her stuff all go negative in the same day? Yeah, well, yeah, well, Kathy Wood. Um, those I'm sorry, not you, Kathleen. Kathy Wood. Yeah, so yeah, so Kathy Wood is the she runs Arc um, Investing. Um, she has a, she heads up a bunch of different um, ETFs and the Arc Innovation, it's basically all tech, isn't it? Well, the Arc Innovation um, um, Fund, which is in which is an ETF, was it it destroyed the S and P five hundred and typically. That is the goal of of most of these um, trade funds and most of these mutual funds is to beat the S and P five hundred. Because if you can't beat the S and P five hundred, then there's no point on, on buying your fund. Just buy the S and P five hundred. Yeah. Um. So Kathy Woods Arc Fund destroyed it, and now it's beginning to just completely collapse. Um. As you're seeing right now, Market Insider said Kathy Woods' um, advice to her investors after a fifty eight percent sell off in the Arc Investment Fund. Gosh, that is a collapsing and now you're seeing people um who Kathy Wood was praised and I mean there is some credit in being able to pick um stocks, stocks at, yeah. at that time. Um but you're seeing people like Warren Buffett now um who you know was completely um opposite of her. Well not not well yes completely opposite in philosophy because Warren Buffett is a is a value he's traditional. and traditional style of an of investing. And you know he's Say what you will, but he he's never done, goes down. He's done pretty freaking well yeah. um, for an investor. I mean, he, I mean, Berkshire Hathaway is the most expensive stock in the world. It's you know one of the most resilient companies in the world. He's probably one of the largest shareholders in Coca Cola. This is because of he's just he's bought Coke and he just keeps reinvesting the dividends. The, the dividends. You know that Warren Buffett makes a million dollars a day on dividends from Coca Cola. That's insane. Yeah, because he owns like four hundred million that's, shares. That's or whatever. insane. Um, so, so you're, you're seeing a lot of these tech stocks and a lot of, these, a lot of the ones that are stay at home beginning, beginning to tumble. Kathy Woods, one of these people that are, are struggling right now. Um, and you know, Warren Buffett is, is beginning to start rising again on most of the stocks that he holds, which I know that he holds a lot of Apple, holds a lot of, um, Coca-Cola, holds a lot of, um, Bank of America, um, Stocks that usually, besides Apple, didn't do so well um, during the initial lockdowns, um, but you know now beginning to now beginning to come back. You know what it is is that um, both if you take Warren Buffett and, and Kathy Wood, uh, they're in a race, right? It's a marathon. Well, Kathy Wood's a sprinter, but Warren Buffett is a marathon runner. So he knows that okay, the the COVID thing is probably going to be short term. So I'm not going to go all in on the stay-at-home stocks and then fizzle out in two years. Warren Buffett says, I'm looking 30 years out from now. He and Charlie are like, okay, we're looking past our lifespan, right? Because they're, they're old. They're, they're going to die fairly soon. Or they're going to die soon. They're in, they're in their, what, their late 80s. 
So there well, no Warren Buffett's like ninety Charlie Munger's in eighty ninety eight, and I think a Warren Buffett is what ninety five he is ninety one. Ninety one, right? So they know their their time their their bell is about to be rung as far as the bell of death, right? So they know that if they want Berkshire Hathaway to thrive, they gotta think long term. Not just two years from now, they gotta think thirty years from now, forty years from now. So that's the wisdom in Charles in Warren Buffett versus Kathy Wood, who she's like, Okay, I wanna make a quick buck now and then we'll worry about something else later. Warren Buffett's like, you know what? Coca-Cola is an American institution. It's not going anywhere. Yeah, I'm going to buy Coke because no matter what happens, people are still going to drink Coke. Uh, and it's an American company, right? Or it's also like people that buy lots of like Ford stock. Ford's not going anywhere anytime soon, right? Ford's going to continue to grow. And, you know, it's versus buying Netflix, which may be here, may not be here, you know, 10 years from now. So, But I, but I, think, I think the sell-off, though, is a sign that you know um, the the old rule, and people always talk so with with their money first. Um, it's why it's why whenever um, the market got spooked back in March 2020, whenever um, the the, the um, WHO declared this a a um, pandemic, and the, the United States, yeah, the who people, the United States went into its lockdown and started doing a state of emergencies. You know, um, people start start selling because they know that hey, if if I can't travel on, on an airplane. Probably Delta is not going to do too great this quarter. So, uh, yeah. But now we're seeing all of the stocks that didn't do so well in, in the beginning of the pandemic beginning to start rise again. And and all the other stocks um, that were doing very well during the pandemic are beginning to fall. So I think this is a time that, you know, large-scale investment banks, Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan Chase, all these other guys, and people in government who can insider trade are – are beginning to position themselves for the reopening and for the return to normal. And you're, you know, this is evident with what we're going on and seeing around the world. Yeah. It's to me, it's hilarious because, uh, someone like Peter Schiff, who was never a Kathy Wood fan at all, to see him kind of take a victory lap <laughs> over her, uh, her, in, uh, investments going down. What? Yeah. Like he's almost 60%. Yeah. Um, I, wasn't it a, a silver recently hit a new pop, had a pop here recently too? I haven't tracked um, the silver. It's it was up almost uh, twenty five dollars I think because uh, uh, well, today today was around uh, twenty four dollars. But it doesn't matter anyway. Um, what uh, did you want to get into first? Russia? You want to talk about? And well, then... yeah, that. Well, yeah. Um, so uh, today I I I'm, I was home today because you know this is my weekend. Monday Tuesday is my weekend. Um, so I we I know we've talked about this a lot the the Russia Ukraine thing, and but it to me it seems like things are might spill over into some kind of conflict because of what uh, President Biden has been saying and what uh, Kamala Harris has been saying and then the actions of NATO and the EU and certainly what what Putin's been doing and what China's been doing too. Um, but when I I I, th- I thought for sure that our message had got to the White House of the idiocy of trying to provoke some kind of conflict with with Russia, I thought Biden had heard our episode. I sent him the email. I'm sure he opened it. No I'm, one replied, but I mean, no we one did replied. get the email. I, 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 knew I, I know I sent the email to whitehouse.gov, uh, whatever. Um, I'm sure he listened to it, or he had one of his lackeys listen to it. I'm sure he was like, hmm, that 
you know, know nothing loser from, you know, middle of nowhere, Georgia's got a point here. Apparently, he didn't listen to our episode uh, and is continuing to stoke the flames, not just him, but other European countries uh, with with respect to Russia. So today it was announced, and you kind of told me this this morning, and I looked into it as well, that uh, Biden is is considering sending a th- something like eighty-five to ten thousand troops. From when I've when I've seen, it, I've seen numbers anywhere from five thousand to ten thousand troops. Let's just say he's about to send thousands of troops to to uh, to the border of Ukraine or into Ukraine to border Russia. Um, this couldn't be a, a more uh, stupid thing to do, honestly. Could be more stupid thing to do, as far as Biden is concerned. Um, and I know we've talked about this so much recently, but it it needs to be said. So Russia, Ukraine, right? Ukraine has been a part of Russia for going back centuries, much longer than than the U.S. has been around. Um, it's you know parts of Ukraine go back to being a part of Russia back to the 16th and 17th century. That's a long time ago for those of you who can't do math, uh, people like me. <laughs> that that's that's a big deal. Um, and this whole thing about how Russia invaded Ukraine or invaded Crimea isn't isn't so much necessarily true. It was a coup that was um, that was uh, initiated by uh, the Obama administration, and it was a, when they say Russia invaded, Russia just sent in like some special ops guys to make sure things didn't get out of hand. It wasn't a full fledged uh, invasion, so that didn't so that, that didn't happen. So this whole thing about Russia and Ukraine and the the, the Russian threat is imminent. It's just a matter of time before Russia invades Ukraine. <sighs> And if they do, and if they do, what, what are you gonna do? <laughs> what are we gonna do about it? Honestly, so I think it, there's a whole host of European countries sending in uh, tanks, uh, anti-aircraft artillery. Uh, I think even Germany's sending money or whatever. Now to get the Germans, send you the gold <laughs> to get the Germans to send some money. That's a pretty big send deal. Send you the Deutsche Marks. <laughs> <laughs> so. These other European countries are getting involved because of the great threat that is Russia invading Ukraine. Where? Where is the evidence that Russia is actually going to do this? The only way that they do this <coughs> is if there's con- continuing uh, provocation from NATO, EU, and the U.S. That's the only reason why this happens. So if you want diplomacy, if, if the U.S. is saying, well, we want diplomacy with Russia, and they're not, they're not following, you know, they're not acting on good faith. Well, if you want diplomacy, uh, it's called this thing called foreign policy. It's a quid pro quo, right? You have to do something in order, than, or you have to do something in order to get someone else to do something. Um, if you want, if if what you want is peace and diplomacy, that also starts with you not provoking them to invade a country. I know that doesn't. I know that that may be blowing some people's minds, but. Continuing to say we're going to send in troops, we're going to we're going to fight Russia, uh, we're going to arm the, the U.S. Just sent in like two hundred million dollars worth of weapons to Ukraine just this week. We're gonna we're we're on the border of Russia with 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 anti air and anti personnel missiles, but they don't want to come to the table and talk. What? what? So we're sanctioning them to death, but they won't talk to us. So if you want diplomacy, that means you also have to to. Uh, you know, ramp down the the provocations. I know that doesn't. I know that this whole peace through strength thing that kind of flies in the face of that. 
But, uh, you know, you're going up against a worthy adversary here because the, the Russians have a lot of military capabilities that can go in and do a lot of damage. And so does NATO and so does the U.S. So, but then again, though, if, if Putin decides to go into Ukraine and take it over for whatever reason, what are we actually going to do about it? Do you think these European countries are actually going to spend any of their treasure or blood on this? I don't think so. Is America in a position to where they can do that? Are we going to send U.S. troops? I even see that they're sending National Guard troops over there. Excuse me, National Guard and Coast Guard. Excuse me, but that's for the homeland. Yeah. <laughs> the National Guard is to protect states, not the not the border between Russia and, and Ukraine. That's No, you, you had this thing called the Marines, the Air Force, the Navy, the Army— Pick or Space Force, pick one of the five. Have them have the military conduct military affairs, not the National Guard or the Coast Guard. But even better, why are we then the why are we why are we bothering ourselves in the first place? We, we there's no business for us being what, there. What baffles me is that you have a navy, right? Then why is the Coast Guard even there? You have a navy. <laughs> they have the navy has boats. We gotta we gotta defend the waters. Who should we send? The, the Coast, Coast Guard. <laughs> Wait, it's almost like if we have a whole division that's dedicated to defending America's oceans. Forget it. Send the na- send the Coast Guard. They'll shoot in the- they'll they'll kill the Russians with fire hoses. Okay. Now I I will give them first aid kits. I, I think we've made our position very clear as far as censorship. Right. <coughs> we're, we're not for censorship. We're not for censoring people. But. If we're, if we're going to censor Congress people over sending memes and gifts of stuff like they did recently with that senator from – I can't remember where um, – of basically him uh, in a cartoon hitting AOC and she was on the floor crying about how traumatic it was. What, probably in poor taste. Whatever. But if we're going to censure you know, uh, Congress people for doing stupid things, well, then can we please censor this guy um, – uh, what's his name? Uh, Roger Wicker. Because 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 this past Wednesday he said that it's time to send uh, it's high time to bloody Putin's nose. Why I don't even I, why yeah For what wh- why they're acting like that that the that NATO and the EU have done nothing wrong since the fall of the Berlin Wall, nothing wrong. They're acting like that the thirty years of broken promises and NATO expansion like that never happened. They're acting like uh, because because the U.S. and, and uh, Barack Obama backed actual neo-Nazis in a coup domain in uh, in the Crimea, which is the why Putin sent in special ops. They're acting like that wasn't a big deal, right? They're acting like well, it, well, you know, we we don't like Obama, but he was right to back the neo-Nazis in Ukraine to overthrow the government there for, for the second time in a decade. Like that's a great idea. But Putin says, well, we, we believe in traditional Christianity or, or whatever here, and you know we don't like what's going on with Ukraine. We, you told us you wouldn't bring them to NATO. You, you, it sounds like you're lying to us. Oh, how dare he say that? Go bloody his nose. How dare you bring your country back to a, a traditional Christian country, and how dare you bring down the Berlin Wall? How dare you raise the red, white, and blue and bring down the, the red flag? Like, how dare you? We need the blood of your nose for that. How dare you go against NATO? It's like, well, hold on a second here. You know, when Trump was talking with Bill O'Reilly, I know the great Bill O'Reilly, and he the no spin zone, the no spin zone, 
and he was asking um, uh, Trump how he would deal with Putin. And he was trying to get to Trump to say that, you know, Putin's a killer. He's a killer, right? And Trump says, well, do you think we're so innocent? And he's like, and Bill O'Reilly was like about to fall out of his chair because, because oh, how could you? Because according to him, the U.S. military and presidents have never done anything bad. No. Um, he was like, he was like, well, you know, we're not so innocent either. We've done some bad things too. And you know what? Trump was right because there's one thing that Trump got right with Russia, and it's like you got to meet him on his level. So if you call him a killer, you call him, you know, he want, he's wanting to rebuild the Soviet Union. You say all these nasty, mean things about him. He's not going to talk to you. And why would he? Why would he talk to you? Well, I've never, I've never, I've never understood that. They're like Russia's being like, okay, you know, Putin's a killer, and and they're invading um, the, the Ukraine, and they hacked our election, and our last president was a complete puppet in in Putin. Oh, why won't he be kind to us? What, why you, is he doing this? Why is he doing this? It's almost, it, it's so. Oh my gosh. You know, I feel like, you know, a five-year-old could figure a lot of this crap out. But it's like when you sit there and, and you call somebody a killer and and a white supremacist and um, on the homophobic. side homophobic and you call them all these these horrible, horrible things. And and then on top of that, you accuse him of, of rigging the last presidential election. Maybe, just perhaps, he's not going to be the most warm person to talk to when it comes to diplomatic and why should he i'm not defending Vladimir putin he's a he's 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 not the best of people in the world he's not a good guy but if you want to be friends and you don't want to kill kill each other over this maybe you should come to come to him um peacefully and ask hey you know we may disagree on a few things yes but can we not blow each other up there's no reason for us to kill each other. We can disagree, you know, agree to disagree on on whatever domestic issues we have, go, international domestic issues going on. But, hey, can we agree to not kill each other? Because there's no reason, there's no animosity towards one another. Can we not kill each other? I don't know if you saw this or not, but there was a, a – the German vice admiral of the German Navy or whatever. I'm not even going to try German to... Navy? Isn't that, an, isn't that an inland country? I don't know. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name because I know I'll screw it up. Um, but he resigned uh, this week uh, for some comments he made about Putin. Now, here's what he said. And I'll tell you how Fox News characterized what he said. Um, so here's what he said. Uh, what, what he, Putin, really wants is respect. And my God, giving someone respect is a low cost, even no cost. It is easy to give him the respect he rightly uh, really demands and also probably des deserves. Now, to me, that's not that's not a crazy statement at all. But if you were to watch Fox News today, when uh, that Griffin lady, who's the Pentagon correspondent or whatever, said in pro-Putin remarks, pro-Putin, pro-Putin remarks to say that a world leader who has the most nuclear weapons deserves a little respect. What level of 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 of, of mental depravity or just stupidness do you have to have to think that saying, you know what, Putin, who is a very powerful man, who has control of a very large army, who has control of the most nuclear weapons on the face of the earth, deserves a little respect. How is that in any way seen as pro-Putin? Like, 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 like he's saying, well, what he really, what, which, 
if you're going to take Fox News' word for it, was, well, what he meant to say was, what the vice admiral meant to say was, well, Putin has every reason to invade Ukraine. He isn't doing anything wrong. As a matter of fact, he should go into Poland. If you're to take them seriously, take over Kazakhstan. You know, go back into all the, go back into the Czech Republic. That's what he's really saying. If you're to take Fox News' word for it, this is so stupid. How, this is gaslighting. This is just, this is just dumb. It's not pro-Putin. Now, if you were to take what Jacob said just a minute ago, or what I've been saying for the last, for, the, for months, or what people who are advocating for a non-interventionist foreign policy are saying, well, you would say, well, they're pro-Putin. Just like they would have said, well, we're pro-Saddam Hussein, we're pro-Iraq, uh, we're pro-Iran, uh, or whatever. They've said this crap against Tulsi Gabbard. Yes, Glenn, and Assad Toady. Glenn Greenwald. All, Glenn Greenwald had the audacity to question the Russian narrative back when he was at The Intercept and back when he was at other publications. He's and pro -Putin. He is pro-Putin because apparently um, a progressive journalist in Glenn Greenwald okay. is, is pro-Putin. You have other people like the Jimmy Doors of the world, other people on the left who the, the mere thought of not going to war with Russia makes you a Putin puppet. Or not being adversarial. Not being adversarial them. against them. Not saying, sing, hey, let's not saying talk the wrong mead words to, say, yeah. to them. Um, so, <clears throat> I, so as I'm perusing the internet trying to find stuff to talk about, I come across this article that I just have to read because it's so it's so brilliant. So there's in the picture of this is Jen Psaki holding a card saying hashtag united for Ukraine. What? What? <laughs> what is that? What? creepy <laughs> what is this i, I just I, I don't think she's okay i don't think jen saki's real she, she can't be real i think that when they go in there it's kind of like the emperor has no clothes she's data no 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 no, no. What, I'm, what i'm saying is that like she's she's a hologram and then the reporters are just like talking to, to no one but they all have to be all they all they all they all have to have to begin on, on it, it yeah because you know no one nobody oh nobody no one in their right mind wants wants that job um but especially for biden but like they're just like hey we don't have anybody so we're gonna like what we'll do is that we'll fix all this in post and then when the world will put someone there and the reporters have to like swear to like they're talking to someone she's i refuse to believe that 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 she's not a real person so the article that i'm reading from is from the ron paul institute which is a great site uh and it's the headline is uh anonymous officials claim that there's an evil russian plot uh, to take over Ukraine. So uh, Western media news publications are writing a story about a sinister plot by the Russian government, and you may want to sit down for this, I'm telling you. The sources uh, of the report are anonymous. Yeah, of, and the evidence like, for it, of course they are. And the evidence for it is secret. The New York Times reports that according to anonymous individuals within the U.S. and British governments, Russia is currently plotting to topple the existing government of Ukraine in a way, in some way using some method, then somehow install a puppet regime that is uh, sympathetic to Moscow using some sort of, you know, by, by any means necessary. Uh, what specifically those means and methods might be are not revealed to the U.S. in, various, in, the, in the news report. Um, <clears throat> the communique between uh, provided few details about how Russia might go ahead imposing a new government on Ukraine and did not say whether such plans were contingent uh, on an invasion by Russian troops. 
The paper of record informs us British officials was familiar with the situation who spoke on the condition of an anonymity um, said that the intent was both to head off uh, the activation of such plans as well as to put Mr. Putin on notice that this plot has been exposed. Ooh, they got it. All, but then again, though, nobody knows where this information came from. We don't even know it's real. But we're putting Putin on notice. But we're going to print it anyways. We're going to so, print it anyways. So, uh, so the New York Times puts this piece up. And Aaron Matei uh, comments on it and says, uh, Sounds like Britain has taken what the U.S. actually did to Ukraine in 2014 and rebooted it for Russia. Here's Obama, uh, Biden, official Victoria Newland, and then U.S. Ambassador Jeffney uh, Payat privately deciding to install uh, NSC Yesenuk, the... Uh, to to be Ukraine's next prime minister. So remember what I talked about earlier about the the coup that happened in uh, Ukraine in, yeah. in the Obama administration. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what he's talking about. And Kathy, uh, this this uh, uh, this lady, uh, Victoria Newland, and the Obama administration handpicked the the new prime minister for Ukraine uh, because of the coup. And it seems like that that what Russia wants to do is what the U.S. did to Ukraine, but Russia wants to do it for themselves. <laughs> So now, if you're hoping to be provided with some sort of evidence for these incendiary claims, I'm afraid I'm going to have to be to disappoint you because, uh, get this, the journalists reporting on the story have not seen any, any evidence. <sighs> Apparently, they're just passing on unverified government assertions made by unknown spies to the readers because uh, they were told to, which I guess is something journalists, journalists can do now, which, I mean, they've always done that. Um, but without seeing any, any evidence, the U.S. and Britain are going to just proclaim, as a matter of fact, that Putin is going to install a proxy government in Ukraine that's going to be sympathetic to Russia. Without any evidence. I like how they just assume this is all going to happen. Like it's a foregone conclusion. Yeah, like, well, well, you know, if we don't do anything, then then Russia's going to move into the Poland, and then they go to France, and they go to Germany, and then the UK's going to fall, and then, and then you know what? You know what? You could be speaking Russian in Miami in 10 years if you don't stop this right now. Yeah. Like, that's what that's what these people think is going to happen. And, you know, is I've, I've long said, is Putin going to move into Ukraine? Maybe. I have no idea. And if he doesn't, okay, then all of this... All this tension is here for nothing more than just to, more than just to, um, push things further toward towards war. And if he does, uh, okay, like is that good for Ukraine? Probably not. But like, what is that gonna do for for the United States? But let alone the United States, let, the 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 European allies. If the European allies really think this is that dire, for their safety, then they'll put up the troops to to defend their own borders. Look, Germany's got the people to do it. All these other nations got the journey. I've, I've had to long try to calm down the fears of the conservative right on this because they just think that Russia is just gonna just is just gonna take. We have it's gonna to walk right in. We, we have to. to do it. I have to tell them that Russia has the GDP of like France and Italy, and it's a much larger country. So, if you think that Germany and France and Italy have the economic capabilities like russia has has a large military yes but you have to fund the military somehow you have to have resources Food, to move yeah gas. fuel there's so many moving parts that go on to moving a military around especially nowadays that you're not going to be they don't have the money 
They don't have the resources to do this. They may have the manpower, but, you know, economics are still at play here. It doesn't matter whether you're in peace or at war. Your economics are still at play. So we are in no danger of the Russians. Europe is in no danger of the Russians. Even former Soviet Union countries aren't either. Yes, they're not. So now let's play a game here. So let's say that this is all true, that Russia is actually planning to invade and install a proxy government. That's going to be favorable toward them. So let's say this is true. So the same people who the, the, the neocons and the neolibs who are calling, the same people who uh, oversaw the catastrophic exit of Afghanistan, the, the Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, Anthony Blinken, uh, all these people, right? Lloyd Austin, who, 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 who sat the, on the board of um, Raytheon. Raytheon but, right. You know. who, all these people, Mark Milley, all these people who oversaw the, the, the botched, uh, just uh, the ca- ca- catastrophe that was the Afghanistan withdrawal. These are the same people we're now going to trust in a war or a proxy war against Russia? <clears throat> the people who couldn't get American citizens out of Afghanistan in time. The people who couldn't uh, keep uh, arms, weapons, out of the hands of the Taliban. We're going to trust them now to defend uh, Ukraine from Russia? I'm not buying it. Nope. Neo-con- neoconservatives. Conservatives who are who are concerned about this. Do you trust Mark Milley, the woke uh, general uh, uh, lord that he is, to uh, actively, to uh, effectively carry out... Uh, a military assault on Russia, the guy who couldn't, the guy who lied to Trump numerous times, the people that lied to Trump about how many uh, troops were in Syria, the people that uh, did everything to stab him in the back, you're going to trust them now to do this? To defend Ukraine from Russia? No, it's not going to happen. There, We don't have the capability. I mean, we have the capability. We could if we wanted to. But is the is the moral is the is the gumption there to actually do it? No, it's not. And furthermore, I keep I I, I think it's known that I like Tim Pool, right? You do too. Mm-hmm. Um, I like his content. I think he has a good he has a good finger on the pulse of what's going on. I don't always agree, but it's a good. I think he has good takes. But I keep seeing these videos of him saying, "Well, you know, uh, well Biden just just invited uh, Putin to invade Ukraine." As if he needed Biden's in- approval, approval, or he needed an invitation, a a little greeting card from Biden to and to invade a different a country. Since when did Ukraine become a territory or a state of the United States? It it never did. And this they they always they keep talking about well when Putin goes into Ukraine, China goes into Taiwan, and it's like uh, maybe may, maybe but where are you getting this from? These people, these Steve Bannonites and these Bannonites are so gun-ho that China's going to take over the world and they're going to take over Taiwan and all this craziness, right? They would have done it already. Neglecting the fact that China has worse economic problems than we do. The reason why they're going into these other countries with briefcases, not guns, is because China doesn't have a whole lot of natural resources, right? So they have to go and get it from other places. That's why they're doing this. The whole Silk Road thing, it's not that sinister. It's because they need natural resources. And they've also got another problem with all the people who were quote-unquote slave laborers are now moving into the middle class because China is coming out of the third world status. So they've got major problems. 
And they know, they know if they go into Taiwan, there's going to be all kinds of problems for them with that. But these are the people who are saying, the Roger Wickers of the world are saying, well, we got to patrol the Black Sea to make sure Russia doesn't go into Ukraine. we got to patrol the South China Sea and make sure China doesn't go into Taiwan. It's like, where do we get the authority to do that? Where does it say anywhere in the Constitution or anywhere that we have the responsibility or the... Uh, we have the responsibility or anything that says we have to defend these people. Where does it say that? Nowhere. We can talk about the economic costs or the political costs or whatever costs you want to talk about associated with Russia going to Ukraine or China going to Taiwan. We can talk about all of that. Yes, it'll be problematic for semi-chip, uh, the to chip conductors, the semi-chip conduct. what are they called? Semiconductors. Semiconductors, right? Yeah, that's, that'll be a problem. And they're talking about, well, if Russia goes into Ukraine, oil prices are going to spike. Yeah, that's a problem. We could talk about but that. But we can solve that problem here. We don't have to rely on right. r- well, r- well, Russia the, well, for oil. Say, well, they're saying Biden sold us out because all the manufacturing is left and all the oil, the energy production has been uh, all sent over overseas. If Biden wanted to start drilling, he could start drilling in America. So we can talk about all those consequences that may or may not come from an invasion of one of these two countries invading a different country. We could talk about that. But then again, I ask the question, where does it say that we have the responsibility to, to protect these people? Where does it say that if China goes into Taiwan, the U.S. has to step in? If Russia goes into Ukraine, the U.S. has to step in. Where does it say that? Where does it say that it, that it is the responsibility of the United States to spend its money, blood, treasure, time, and resources on these issues? Where does it say that? Well, and this is a brand new phenomenon for for America to be the the police force of the, of the world um there's only there's only two instances um that actually catapulted us into the state that we are now you know if you look at the United States from George Washington to um Woodrow Wilson we were isolationists through that period of time we didn't get involved it was it was Wilson and it was Roosevelt who brought this idea of oh well oh well we need to get inter we need to get um, involved in international affairs when it comes to war and stuff. Well, when you have the world's biggest hammer, every problem looks like a nail. But but that's the thing is that is that it was it was FDR, and it was because because this is this is this is not common knowledge, but the U.S. entering World War II prior to Pearl, prior to Pearl Harbor was a very unpopular opinion, and in and yes, we knew the the United States and most of the general public knew how bad the Nazis were, knew how bad fascist um, Italy was, and we knew how bad and how authoritative Russia was. But we we did not want to get involved. It was not our fight, and it wasn't until Pearl Harbor that the tides changed. But this this interventionist idea that okay, well, you know, Russia might go into this country, so so by of course we have to, we have to get involved. Like we have to get involved, you know. If if Australia wants to invade New Zealand, well, by by golly, the United States has to defend New Zealand. You know, this is it's it's just a just a brand new phenomenon, and people take it for granted, not take for granted, but they they assume that this is the the longstanding American position that if if there's any military conflict in the world, we have to be involved. There has to be a United States flag, and there has to be a U.S. Marine who has to has to die in the sands or in the snow of some foreign land um on a, in a battle that has nothing to do with his family and his homeland and his liberty. And this is this is, this is a brand new phenomenon that we just assume 
is is the right decision in all this. Yes, if Russia goes into Ukraine, is that bad for Ukraine? Yes. What does the crap does that have to do with anything in the United States of America? Nothing. And you can't give me a reason why. Well, oil prices, Jacob. Oil yeah, prices. but don't give me that. We can we, we, we can we can drill oil in America. We can get oil from Canada. He Biden shut down the Exxon pipeline. And if he wanted, if Biden was so freaking concerned about oil prices, he would open up the Exxon pipeline. He would start drilling in the Gulf of Mexico. He would start well, getting I mean, oil from Canada. We could, well, Or we could explore Alaska. Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. The, the oil price argument is so freaking retarded because there's so many avenues to get cheap oil to get cheap natural gas to invest in clean the clean energy it's so stupid i'm i'm it's so dumb i i I can't even fathom people that if you bring that argument up to me oh we gotta get oil prices i will immediately say good day sir and i will walk away from you and i will not engage yeah i'll do the michael mouse you're doing so great because it's such a dumb argument and it goes to show that if you're using that argument, that you haven't thought about this and you're getting all your information from mainstream, um, not mainstream, sorry, corporate press news, and, and that's it. And you're not doing any research into what, it, what, what is actually going on. So I, I see this United for Ukraine from Jen Psaki. Who, who, who's united? I'm not united with Ukraine. Are, are, what? Um, it's, it's, remember the hashtag Obama, Michelle Obama. What, uh, like save our girls or yeah, get the, back our girls, something like bring that? Bring back our girls. Bring from, back our girls, from yeah. From the, uh, they, were, they were kidnapped in somewhere in remote country of Africa. Um, not United States citizens. They're not our girls. We've never met them. We don't know what they look like. We don't know who what their names are. They're not our girls, Right. Ukraine is not the United States. It's not a state. It's not a territory. So where do you get off in saying that we have to defend them? I'm sorry, but any life, that any U.S. life that is lost, any Coast Guard or National Guard or U.S. military life that is lost in the in whatever conflict may come from Russia or Taiwan, um, will be solely directly responsible for the actions of of the who of President Biden, uh, the defense secretaries, uh, the the weapons manufacturers, their their lives will be at the cost of those people, not Russia and not China. The only reason why people are going to die and get injured and why we're going to have face any consequences from this is because of politicians who really who could solve this very easily, who could get along very easily. But they chose to go the hard route, right? We see that the wars in the Middle East are, are beginning to hopefully wind down, especially Afghanistan, right? But the military-industrial complex, we've got all this equipment and military <coughs> and uh, stuff just we lying. Got, we got bombs to sell. We got bombs to drop. We got we got guns to shoot. So we'll, we gotta we gotta invent some kind of proxy war. To me, it's not a coincidence that we, we we've spent the last I don't know six years. Complaining about how bad Russia is and how they stole our election and they in, they installed a, a puppet president and now they're going now they're going to invade Ukraine and Putin's trying to rebuild the Soviet Union and all this nonsense right? It's not a coincidence that we go through six years of that and now we're here. It's not a coincidence. It, to me, it's so disheartening to see all these conservatives play right along into it. 
play into it. They listen to the Jack Keens of the world, the general, so-called General Jack Keen. The, they, the Fox News generals. The Fox News generals. They, they listen to the Fox News foreign policy experts, so-called foreign policy experts. I mean, all, all they have to do is parade around Mike Pompeo like he's Caesar. And he's like, well, Mike Pompeo like said a, so. They want that guy to run for president one year. Why? Why? Why, why, why what on God's green he... earth would you ever want him to be president? You think things were bad with with Obama and Bush's foreign policy? Times ten. You know this is what this is also what kills me. It's another reason why no one should vote for Donald Trump for re-election or for president again. It's because he brought in all these people, the people who have who who act on every wrong interest for America, whether it's the Middle East, Eurasia, going into Ukraine, whatever. Right? Are all the people he brought into his cabinet the John Boltons? The uh the the Mike Pompeo's the uh what's that guy who was uh, the Mattises of the world the Mattises of the world the um the the lady who ran Gina Powell uh what's the guy's name who had the death squads in Guatemala I can't remember his name I'm drawing um, a blank I can't remember his name but he brought in all the wrong people right he brings in all the neocons the people Trump was supposed to be the anti-war uh, de um de-escalationist president right. Supposed to get us out of all these conflicts, but he brings in all the wrong people. But Joe, I have the best people. Okay, nobody picks better people than Trump. Don't use okay. that. Don't you ever use that word. Don't smart use that word. Me. Okay, okay. Don't get brazen with me. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, John Bolton. Okay, he seemed good at first, but I had to fire him. Okay, he's gone. No more. The mustache wasn't doing it for me. Okay, it was kind of creepy. <laughs> but why would you vote for somebody or put your support behind someone? That brings in on the wrong people who are actively working against the America First uh, narrative, the America First movement, right? There's nothing America First about about John Bolton or Mike Pompeo, right? All the problems that we've had, we've faced in the Middle East or antagonizing all these countries are because of these people, or because of people who are supported by the Rand Corporation or supported by. Uh, the um, the major uh, weapons manufacturers, right? The military industrial complex, well, right? I mean, you 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 could say that John Bolton's American first, as long as you know they're American businesses, and um, those American businesses happen to be Raytheon and, well, yeah. and Bertha Grumman, but Boeing, and maybe that's what he was like. Trump's like, Lockheed are you Martin. American first? Well, I'm American first for three major business companies in the world. Okay, good enough. Okay, you're you're hired. <laughs> But, like, you know, you see the right now move against big corporations, right? And if you want to talk about big corporations, I mean, let's talk about big corporations. Let's go for it. I mean, we, we, let's go down the list of Lockheed Martin, Boeing, North McGrubman, all of these folks, right? These are the people who are responsible for the, for the foreign policy of the last 30 years that has, been, has gone against everything that Trump espouses about America first. There's nothing America first about the Trump foreign policy, or most of it. Especially towards the end. So I'm trying. I'm trying to attack the right from the right here. Okay, I'm trying to do the old Scott Horton thing, right? There you go. Attack the left from the left and the right from the right. Is that there's don't get suckered into this, right? Don't get suckered in into believing that the U.S. has to go and defend the Ukraine. Now I haven't listened to Rush Limbaugh. I'm mean, not Rush Limbaugh, but Rush in peace. Uh, uh, Sheen Hannity or um um uh uh. Clark Levin at all. I, I don't know what their takes on are on all of this. I'd be curious to listen to their takes. I haven't listened to them, but, but like... knowing how much a hawk uh, Clark Levin is, I'm sorry, Mark Levin is, um, I know that he's probably all gung-ho on getting involved in this. But it'd be interesting because you know that, because you know that Mark Levin hates, hates Biden. 
Yes. So it's almost like he's going to champion Biden to go in there and fight the war. This is what kills me, right? Is that the pe- the conservatives were saying, well, we got we can't let Assad just run his reign of terror in um in Syria. And I I would tell them say, well, you know you're you're advocating for the Hillary Clinton foreign policy. <laughs> yes. Yes. They the 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 we saw what is it? Wait, we came, we he came, saw, he, he died. died. <laughs> that was a different country, but like when it comes to Syria, um that was her and Obama's foreign policy. Why are you supporting Obama and Hillary's foreign policy? That's what you got to start doing. Seriously. You have to frame it like that because then it's like people – then because even the most – Raw, raw. Raw, raw American – Roll tie, back the flag. You yes. Know, support the truth. Red, white, blue and blue. Life, you know, blue you, you lives know, matter yeah, people. Yes, so bleed red, white, and blue people. It's like why do you support the foreign policy of Obama and Hillary Clinton? And here's the thing. If they're somewhat educated, they're gonna look look at that and be like, "Dang, they're right." But if they're but if if they're dumb and dumb and stupid, then they're gonna be like, "Oh, well, you know, well, well I hate those people." Well, you know, Hillary Clinton wasn't for wasn't for intervention, and Obama wasn't Obama didn't drop enough bombs. Yeah, this, this is the problem I have with like um, a hyper jingoism or hyper nationalism is the fact that. They have tied nationalism and patriotism so closely with the flag and the military that if you criticize or say, you know, maybe we shouldn't do that, you're automatically labeled as, oh, you hate the troops, you want the troops to die, you're blame America first, America last, whatever. And it's, it's, I could turn the argument right around saying, well, if Putin, if saying Putin deserves a little respect makes you pro Putin, do you see how stupid this game is? Well, See how dumb this is? Well, this is not an argument. Well, and, and that argument is so dumb because here's the thing. As I said earlier, this whole idea of American military interventionalism is a is a fairly modern thing. It started with Woodrow Wilson in World War One. The America wasn't involved in any other international war up to that point. Well, I mean, besides the Revolutionary War. Yes, but, like, that's a, we that's weren't the whole, a country a yet. As thing. a country, we weren't involved in any major large-scale wars until World War One. So, the very idea of this so-called, we have to be, to, to, to be patriotic is to do everything that Joe said. That means you're saying that to be patriotic is to be like Woodrow Wilson, who invented this whole idea of interventionalism, and every president pre-Woodrow Wilson is against those ideas. So, you know, the Thomas Jeffersons and the John Adams and the 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 Washingtons and the Calvin Coolidge, all of these guys who completely... The conservative heroes. The conservative heroes. All, all of these guys who, who you would look at and say, well, yes, that's a real American patriot. They were not in favor. I, I forget. It was under George Washington. I'm, I'm going to forget, but there was, there was a major large-scale event going on um, at that time when America was first was first born. The Whiskey Rebellion? No, 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 no. no. It was not the French and Indian War. It was a different conflict going on in Europe. I, I, I'm drawing a blank here, but in the early part of American the history— The French Revolution? Possibly. In an early part of American history, there was a, a conflict going on in Europe, and the Americans were asked, will you get involved? No, and we're like, no. It's not, no. It's not our business. <laughs> it's not our business. We don't have the means, and we don't have, we don't have the reason to get over. No. So if you think that the only way to be American and that that the the highest regard of American patriotism is, is this Hillary Clinton Woodrow Wilson, FDR, Obama-style 
George Bush intervention stop interventionalism then 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 you really need to do a quick e e examination soul and soul searching on yourself and then you need to ask okay let's just say a hot war happens in and on, on the border of UK of uh, of the Ukraine and Russian and we lose uh, uh, I don't know a thousand US Marines did those US Marines died in the pursuit of defending American liberty on the homeland. Freedom. Freedom. Can you sit there and say that? As I've said, and many times it's very controversial with some people, that I don't really think that most of Marines that have died in the last... Well, not just Marines, but just military service Military people. service people that have, that in the last 20, 30 years have actually died for fighting for American freedom because our freedom is not in the Middle East. Our freedom is not in Ukraine. We're only supposed to use men and women, right? The highest, the highest call is to, is to die for liberty, and liberty is trust. Liberty, trust me, is a worthy enough thing to die for. Thousands and millions of of men and women have already done it. You look back to the Revolutionary War; they 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 died for it. And you cannot sit there and tell me that our freedoms are at stake on the border of Russia and the the Ukraine. You can't. So every every serviceman and woman that we're sending over there, what are they being sent for? What are they being called to do? To die for the egos of a couple of men in power? Because like the stock prices of the because like because look, it's not like the average American is at war with the average Russian. They don't care. In fact, they would probably get along great. The the people of Russia and the people of the United States are not are not in conflict. Maybe if you're like one of these loony people that believe that Russia stole the election, maybe you don't like Russian people. But like speaking in general terms here, they're not at war. The people who are really at conflict are the people at the very top. The governments. The governments are really the ones that are at conflict. The Russian people have no gripes against the American people and vice versa. So you're not... It it, it 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 gets me to the point where it just boils my blood that we have to come to this. Are we even talking about that, this? Is, this is even a problem. And that you have people that will defend this action. And if you merely challenge it on this, and you get called on American, you get called... I love getting called a, a liberal oh, uh, yeah. on this. Because it's just, a, by conservatives, it's, it's just so wonderful to get called a liberal. It's like It's like, you know, if it... If if not going to war with Russia and not seeing dead um, men and women that are my age in the snow of Russia and the Ukraine, fine. Call me a liberal. I'm the next freaking Bill Maher. If if, if that's what it takes, like I'll I'll be willing to change. I'll change my freaking Substack to to the the liberal overdrive <laughs> Substack if that means that no men and women on. No, no NATO men and women, no Ukraine, no Russian, and no Americans die over this conflict. I'll do it in a heartbeat. That's a small price to pay. But it, it just, it, it angers me that we have to even discuss this. And the fact that people who claim to be on the side of American freedom and liberty and defending the flag, right... Where are we defending the flag in these parts of this? It, I don't. I don't get it. I, I love the argument. It's such a. It's such a boring argument. You can tell how intellectually lazy people are when they say when they always bring up the Hitler thing. 
they say, well, they thought the same thing about Hitler. You know, they thought he wasn't, he wasn't, you know, they always say this about, about every single adversary the U.S. has, right? Whether it's the Mullahs in Iran or uh, 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 Assad in uh, Syria or um, the guy that got sodomized to death out there in Libya. Gaddafi. Or Gaddafi or whether it's Putin or whether it's President Xi of Russia or of China, right? They always make the stupid, idiotic Hitler uh, remark that, well, you know, we thought, about, we thought that about Hitler, how he wasn't going to go in all these countries and do all these awful things. It's like no, we no, we knew he was going to other countries. But the, but then again, though, okay. First of all, there's only one Hitler, right? Hitler was one person, and we're pretty sure he's dead, right? Whether he died in Argentina or he died in in Germany, right? We're pretty sure he's dead. There was only one of them, right? Um, uh, Russians aren't German. Chinese aren't German. Um, the ideology of fascism, as Hitler perce- uh, conceived of it, uh, doesn't exist in Russia. Doesn't exist in China. Right? They're not gassing Jews. Okay? They're not going into Poland, right? It is such a stupid, idiotic argument to make. And it's such a straw man argument to make as well. Well, if that's the case, then then we need to go all nineteen forty on them and just blow everyone up. If that's what if that's what the case is then. Right? So then why are we even talking about this? Why aren't we dropping bombs on everyone then? If every yeah. if every adversary Where's is the draft. If every adversary is Hitler, then let's just go drop nukes on everyone. Right, then, because that's such a, 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 a an obvious choice to make. It's so it's so stupid. I think the only solution to that kind of argument is okay. Why isn't there an American flag, and why why haven't why, why have we annexed every single square inch of of planet Earth? So that way, there's 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 there's, there's, there's no possible Hitlers because you know because you know planet Earth is not as planet America. What 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 does change the third rock from the sun to planet America? Because I mean, that's the only. Uh, that's what uh, you gotta you gotta take these people to the to the to the, the the logical conclusion of this. And look, Hitler was a once in humanity type of type of of adversary. And compared to others, never, he wasn't that. bad. We had never seen anyone like him, and we and we will never see anyone probably like him again. Now, I'm not downplaying with the atrocities of the of the Nazi of the Nazis. I'm saying that if we're going on on body count, uh, look at what the Russians did to their own people and what the Chinese did to their own people around the same time. You will find that the body, uh, the mass grave, is much larger in Russia and in China than it was what the Germans did. Not taking away from the atrocities that they committed, but there was over what? How many? How many tens of millions of Russians died? Hundreds of millions of Russians. How many hundreds of uh, millions of under, under under Mao's great leap, great, great leap forward? Right. Ten, almost a hundred million people died and, and it, starved to death. Well, they weren't so much as the systematic killing of people. It was more of just this, this, the starvation and right. the famines but, that occurred. But, but w- w- no, we're no, getting no, the tens of millions, of hundreds of millions of people. What difference does it make? No, and I mean, to my final things on this, and keep in mind also who we um, allied with during um, World War II. It's a little uncomfortable. Um, I know. I know. There's that famous photo that people like like to share about World War II. Whenever it's you know FDR and Churchill and who's that other Stalin. Oh, Stalin. Oh, yeah. You know the guy that killed twice as many as um, Hitler. Just about. Um, yeah, that guy we we allied with. And that guy's a photo you can have up at all the schools. But you have a picture of Hitler up. Well, I mean, rightly so. You shouldn't have pictures of of you know Hitler up at your school. But you got a picture of um, Churchill, um, FDR. In his little wheelchair thing, and um, 
Stalin. From Stalin. That's that's a sign of of American patriotism, Joe. You know, FDR. He he beat polio, but sometimes you're like, mm. I I kind of s- wish you didn't. Sometimes I saw a statistic the other day of how many um their percentage of uh, German troops that were killed by Russian troops versus other countries, and I I don't know how accurate it is, but it seems legit that like 80 percent of the german troops that were killed were by the russians there are some estimates that have there's there's a there's a a lot of numbers that ping around which is why i'm very interested in what happened at you know into world war ii you know in america we hear that um america was you know the changing tide of the war and there's a lot of arguments and a lot of evidence to support that i mean what, ha- what happened at D-Day was, was massively important to America. Um, but I think that the Russians get a lot of, don't get a lot of the, the talk in, in America when it comes to history of World War II, um, just how impactful they were. And that's not, I don't think it's something that, that should be, you know, that should be um, lost in all this and shouldn't be demonized. Because, I mean, it's a part of a history. People should, should know about it. Um, but, you know, I, I have heard such a stats, I have heard, I've heard stats like that. I've heard stats way lower than that. Um, the bottom line is that Russia had a large impact on the war. Um, and I think it's an interesting co- topic. I don't, I don't think, um, you know, look, I did a whole thing about this on Veterans Day and on um, the whole thing on Veterans Day. I had a whole conversation with some people about this. Um, and I'm very open-minded on on America's influence in the war and, you know, whether we should have been there or not. I'm very open on that because like, I'm not... I'm not open. I'm saying that I haven't made my mind up. I, I, I am generally curious about the history, about the facts, because I mean, we're 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 sold something for so long that um, that you, you're supposed to, supposed supposed to, to take as gospel, um, and then someone else brings up an opinion about it, and it's considered heresy. I'm like, well, hold on, let's just hear, let's just hear all the sides out on this, because you know, th- there's 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 data and there's facts and there's, there's there's honest opinions. I think that the thing didn't need to be heard, um, but but yeah, I think that think that that's good. So uh, if I were president, what would I do? Well, first of all, um, I would not be sending the uh, USS Harry Truman to patrol the waters off of you must of, hate America, Joe. of Ukraine and Russia. Well, just because you're a freaking leftist. Well, hang Joe. on a second. If you think about it for just just for a second, uh, what president was the only president to ever use nuclear weapons on an adversary? It was Harry Truman, right? So um. sending the <laughs> sending the 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 aircraft carrier, the Harry S. Truman. To patrol the waters off of you know Ukraine and Russia, not a good sign, right? So if I were president, why wouldn't why wouldn't I send the Ronald, the USS Ronald Reagan because he has an aircraft carrier, right? He was instrumental in ending the Cold War, yeah. of of trying to bring the two sides together, right? He and Gorbachev met numerous times to do to discuss <coughs> the dissolution of the Soviet Union. Why would not why not send the Ronald Reagan out there? If you're going off optics, right, the whole idea of sending an aircraft carrier over there is optics, right? So you're going to send the aircraft carrier with the president who dropped two nuclear bombs on Japan, signaling that you might do that to Russia? Not a good sign. Biden's sitting there like, um, send the, the aircraft carrier where they where they killed the Japanese people. Yeah, send that one. Killed the Japs. And they're like... They're like, Mr. President, won't that be a sign? Like, oh yeah, I'm saying I'm being a straight shooter with with, with Biden. So I'm being a straight shooter. And it was like, <laughs> being like, hey, 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 Putin. Um, if you don't mess around, you see this guy right here. You see this boat? I'm not gonna use this boat, but what the boat stands for, because it's a metaphor. 
And we all love metaphors in Washington. So if you don't follow my orders, I'm going to use what this boat stands for. The boat is not a boat. The boat's a metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> or you can do what he did today. And when... you know, Putin's sitting there like, what does men send boats for? And then like he has to like send him like a telegram saying like, the boat's a metaphor. No, it's, it's a messenger dove. It's a messenger dove. The boat's a metaphor. Yeah. Or you can do what Biden did today if you were to suggest to Ronald Reagan when Peter Ducey asked him a question. He said, that stupid son of a <laughs> Oh, I heard that. Oh, my. Oh, it was so great. I don't know what the question was. but It was Biden... that inflation, I think. But Biden was uh, – <laughs> thought he was, was you know, wasn't a hot mic. He's like, that stupid son of a – You know what's great is that people who were like, Trump is so vulgar. Like, oh, my gosh, clutching the pearls. Like, oh, my gosh, Trump said a naughty word, and, and my children listen to that. Do you know who you voted for in Biden? Like, Biden is known for being the mouth of a sailor. Like, dear Lord, help us all. And he's, he's quite uh, clingy, too. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Russia is a complete mess, and we will have to see what happens further. Um, I will... There's a New York Times article I'll link. I, again, if, if you can't read it because it's behind a paywall, I'm sorry. But, you know, the headline is Biden's basically just moving 8,000 articles. Just kind of give an update on what's going on. Um, something else I want to talk about briefly. We're over an hour, but I'm going to talk about this in the next 15, 20 minutes. And we'll wrap up here. Um, so um, we'll talk about COVID just brief, briefly because we do have some some big news that came out of COVID. Um that I wanted to touch on and it's kind of leading. I'm going to, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm, I'm, I'm let you know to the point when I'm speculating, um, cause I don't have data to back up what I'm saying. So I'll just let you know that I'm speculating at this point. So, um, apparently in the United Kingdom, they have freedom of information act requests, but I, I didn't know that was a thing. So apparently it's a thing that, the, that you can re- do a FOIA, um, re- re- request from the government for information. So pretty cool. I don't know why no one in the U.S. has done this, that has, has done a request on the same topic, which is baffling to me. Um, you would think that, I mean, maybe it's just, maybe it's like journalists that I, that I, that I, uh, that I like and um, um, look up to just, I've, I've assumed that um, someone's already doing this, but it, it, apparently we, we don't have a FOIA request for this information. So someone in the, in the United Kingdom did a FOIA request for, Deaths from COVID-19 with no underlying causes. Now, this has been big speculation, and what we've talked about here on the show many, many times is, you know, due to the fact, the way that, 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 that they're coding these deaths and cases and hospitalizations, we believe that, the, that the, it's massively inflated. Um, and this is due to the, the, the WHO's classification for someone hospitalized with COVID is testing positive for COVID regardless of, of reason to visit. And um, death with COVID is testing positive with COVID at time of death or post-death. That's the classification the WHO and the CDC have given out for um, coding these, these, these events. Um, which has led a lot of us to think, hey, you know, if someone goes in with, with, with terminal blood cancer and tests positive for COVID, maybe they died from the terminal freaking blood cancer and not from COVID. Or if they were shot in the back of the head in a, in a fight or whatever, if they died in a car accident, maybe they shouldn't be classified as a COVID death because obviously there were underlying factors involved in that. Same thing with hospitalizations. People have gone in to with with broken bones, test positive for COVID, and now they're a COVID hospitalization. Um, we have long questioned the data and most of the data coming out of um, these hospitals 
um, are completely just can't be trusted because of this regard. So the the big number we've, we've all wanted to know is what are the percentage of people that have died that have died healthy and solely because of COVID-19? Not because they were, you know, 300 pounds obese and had diabetes and were on a, and were, um, had sleep apnea and COPD and all this. No, I, 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 I don't care about um, whether or not whether or not they get coded for death. I, I care about the 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 27 year old or, or the 40 year old who is fit, healthy, got this and died. That's what I really want to know. And I think that most people, they honestly look down deep inside. They want to know. They want to know how many young healthy kids have died. Um, if you look at the 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 statistics for for children, um, overwhelming majority of children hospitalized and ha- that have died have had terminal illnesses, have been extremely obese, unhealthy, just not um, not the average um, populace um, that you would normally categorize people for um, for statistics like this. Whenever you're trying to inform the public on on public policy and whatnot, so. This request came out of um, the United Kingdom, and um, this is the, the the mortality data from England and Wales. So it doesn't include Scotland. It doesn't include Ireland. Isn't that all the countries in the UK? I think it's, it's England, uh, Wales, Scotland, Ireland. Um, so this 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 this, this, this doesn't include um, those two. This includes England and and Wales. But I'm gonna give you. I'm about to blow your mind right now. So right now, according to um, Google, the United Kingdom is sitting at 150, um, 154,000 uh, deaths. Now, 134,000 of those are in England, um, 10,000 are in Scotland, 6,000 are in Wales, and then 3,000 are in Ireland. So a, a, a large majority of this is made up in England and a small majority of it is made up in Wales. So we're sitting at 154,000 deaths for the UK right now. Um, this FOIA request, I've done the adding up. So this goes from March 2020 all the way to quarter um, to um, Q3 2021. So up until like September, October of, of um, 2021. Guess how many deaths, Joe? Um, were solely based on COVID nineteen. Based out of the hundred fifty four thousand deaths that are recorded in the UK, guess how many died solely from COVID? No other lining conditions. Ten thousand. Close. Seventeen thousand. Wow. Seventeen thousand out of a hundred fifty thousand deaths. They can they can solely associate to COVID. No underlying conditions. Now, why is that big? Well, you know, that's about 10% of the deaths. And what's even greater is they give up the the the, the demographics. So all of 2020, there were 9,400 deaths in England and Wales. 1,500 were between the ages of 0 to 65. And 7,800 were above the age of 65. So... There's a there's a video I'm gonna share with you guys, and it's a it's a doctor in the UK who breaks a lot of this a lot of this down. The average age of somebody dying from COVID nineteen period in the in the UK is eighty one. 
81 years old is the average age of somebody dying of COVID-19. The life expectancy in the United Kingdom is also 81 years old. In the United States, it's also 80, 78. So this is going right along with the life expectancy of COVID-19. So COVID-19 is not going to kill you any faster than life expectancy. In fact, United States is at 78.79, which is huge because that, like I've said about there's people that have thrown out all oh, the excess deaths, Jacob, the, the, they're, they're, they're skyrocketing. I'm like, yes, but you have to look years out from now, whenever everything begins to dip in the next couple of years, which is my prediction that we're going to see a massive dip in life and um, ex excess deaths because because the, 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 the life expectancy is not higher than normal life expectancy of this virus. So you're seeing a, a, a massive death in elderly people, still tragic, still horrible. I'm, I'm not denying that, but we have to get to the basics. We have to get to the facts of this. It's important because lives have been destroyed from this. So I'm going to do some speculation. Okay, speculation tinfoil hat time. Okay, so right now we have discovered that roughly a little more than 10% of all the deaths reported in the United Kingdom were based solely from COVID-19. Let's just see what the United, let's just see, here we go. USA COVID deaths. Okay. So right now the United States is sitting at 86, uh, sorry, 868,000 deaths in the United States right now. So that's, that's a lot. So if we be generous here, okay, speculation, 100%. If we be generous here and we say that 10% also of the deaths in the United States are based solely upon COVID-19 alone, gives us about 86,000 deaths. That's a lot. Uh, look, look, people will say I'm heartless. I'm, I'm not. I just, I want to get to the facts of this. I really do. Because of the implications that have happened post of it. So it's pretty dang important that we get to the bottom of all this. Do you know what the, the average flu death season is in the United States? It ranges from year to year depending on how bad the strain and, and variant of the influenza virus is. But typically it's about, you know, twenty to 40,000 roughly die in the United States every single year. I'm going to just double check that real quick. Flu deaths on average. The flu deaths 2018. 2018, here we go. 2018, there were... 2018, 20, 2017, 2018 season, um, there were 61,000 deaths from, the, from, from, from influenza. And almost, what, 958,000 uh, hospitalizations. So that's a bad flu season. Like it even says here that 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 was a bad flu season. So let's just cut that in half. Let's just say that thirty. Let's say at thirty thousand is pretty much the average, um, and that's that's what I've seen most most years. Most years it fluctuates from about ten to seventy thousand is about like the about the gap of flu deaths we get every year. So let's take the ten percent that we're seeing in the UK, which the UK similar the the closest that we have as far as population, just you know, and all of that. Let's take it and let's say the eighty six thousand deaths. Speculation, hundred percent. Eighty six thousand deaths. Eight hundred sixty eight thousand. No, I'm saying this. Like oh. 10 percent of that okay, is okay. only is only eighty six thousand. Okay. Eighty six thousand deaths. 
are from COVID alone. Now we don't label flu deaths the same way the same way that we label COVID deaths. We label flu deaths probably pretty dang correctly, because um, of course there was a no because there's no incentive, there's no financial incentive to 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 label someone a flu death um, or, or flu hospitalization, for instance. So, if we have eighty six thousand deaths over the course of two years, what does that divide to? Forty three thousand. So back, remember back whenever I was comparing um, COVID to the flu and how I was just completely just lamb blasted and crucified, verbally crucified on the internet and, and in person too for even, for even, even the mere suggestion. Um, well, based upon um, this FOIA request from the United Kingdom, it's looking more and more real. And the fact that, you know, that children have a better chance of dying from the flu, being hospitalized from the flu, than from COVID-19. So younger populations and younger dem- and healthier demographics do way better. And as we've shown with this FOIA, look, look, I'm going to link the FOIA request right here. This is, this is from the official Office of National, of National Statistics from the, the UK government. You can go read it for yourself. The whole thing right here. It has all the data. It's, a, it's, it's literally like, it's a simple two-minute read the narrative is collapsing on this whole thing and and one day we will know the truth of all this you know myself my brother we were i I, we have both been in, in person and online been called you know, grandma killers and heartless and wanting elderly people to die because we because we dare question their narrative of everything that's going on. And we dare ask questions about about um, lockdowns and masks and social distancing and whether or not we should be canceling events and whether or not we should be shutting down businesses and all these other things. But every passing day, we talk about the stock market, we talk about the UK ending its lockdowns, talk about Israel. All these other countries are beginning to finally realize what we knew back in March. You don't trust the government on anything like this, and you question the narrative. And now we know that only 10% of all the deaths in the United Kingdom can be solely attributed to COVID-19, which means that everybody else had multiple comorbidities, multiple preceding conditions, gunshot wound, gunshot wounds, Michael, motorcycle accidents, snake bites, media shower deaths, fall on a volcano, acid I, I, rain. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't know. They drank, a, they gargled battery acid, and well, by golly, they had a, they had a positive PCR test, so they're a COVID death now. We all know the truth, not secretly. Uh, yes, I did some speculation, did some guesswork. It'll be interesting to see when they actually release the the official data. This Omicron variant is fizzling out. You can go look at the cases, go look at the deaths. So it's beginning to fizzle out. We're on the other side of this. You're running out of time to to get on the right side of the narrative and to admit that people were were, were wrong on this. Was it the uh, NIH director or the one of the WHO people that said that even though Omicron is waning? And, but there's still the potential for more deadly variants to come. Then it's never going to... Look, people... I've, I've said this. I've, I've said this back in April. 
April of 2020. People have to decide what risks are they willing to take in their lives. When are they going to say enough is enough? I said this back when Kemp locked down Georgia. That at some point, people need to decide what what is life worth living? Or is it worth living? Or is it worth living? Like, I... I, I I'm sounding desperate. I'm sounding like a, like like a, like I'm like I'm just manic right now. But seriously, there are some people out there that are still holding on to this to this to this to narrative. this narrative that oh well, hey, Omicron's gone. What about what about what about the Omega variant, man? That's the one that's bad. I but hopefully my 17th booster will protect me from the Omega variant. And you know what happens whenever whenever the Greek alphabet resets? Are we on the double alpha? Like. There are people out there that seriously think like this. And, you know, sorry, you're you're gone. Like, I hate to be rude about that, but seriously, if you're still holding on to this narrative, I, I can't save you at this point. I'm The, the point of this show is to, is to get people on the disenfranchised right and to get people on the disenfranchised left because I think right now we have an interesting opportunity to get people towards liberty and get them fired up about the LP and fired up about about freedom. But if you're still holding... I'm not talking to you at this point anymore and I'm speaking from the heart here. That if you're still... If you're still you know, double masking and you're still worried about because, you know, because you're like little Johnny at your son's school didn't get the vaccine. So you're afraid about your son contracting this virus. I, I'm not talking to you. You're gone. There's, there's no, I could preach everything we talked about in Russia. Everything I could preach Austrian economics to you and freedom and, and anarcho-capitalism and every other, every, every other stint of, 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 of anarchy and freedom and you're not going to listen to it because you still believe in this same crap it, it's you're, you're 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 gone we have data in the uk showing that they inflated the numbers they inflated the numbers in the uk you know they inflated numbers in the u.s it's time to drop this it's time to demand your lives back it's time to demand your freedom back I know that we live in a very gifted and fortunate place in the U.S. that we haven't really had many issues. Like in Georgia, we really don't have any. I haven't had to. I haven't been um, compelled to wear a mask in Georgia since like end of 2020. The like summer they of just they just don't freaking care anymore. But in a lot of places, they 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 don't have that luxury. And I understand. I speak that uh, point of personal privilege here, but you know, I haven't had I haven't had to deal with that. But, you know, I hate to sound rude when I say that that you're lost, but, like, I, I don't know what else to say. Like, I've been doing this for so... I've been doing this for almost two years. Two years. And, you know, if you've listened to the show multiple times and, you're, you know, and you're still, you're still just stuck on this, I don't know what else to say. You know, there's, there's, there's way smarter, way um, larger people as far as scope that have been at this a lot longer than I am that have been saying this the same exact thing and I, I, I don't know what else to do um, you know people that I've convinced awesome and people that I've that I've never fallen for this crap um, double awesome um, there's there's thankfully a lot of people out there that have never fallen for this and they've been right um, you know I give people grace if it was like you know that 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 February April May 2020 there's a, there's a grace period because like we didn't know the crap we were dealing with but then about that summer 2020 and people are like July 4th, like, yeah, we're done with this. We're, we're done. 
at least all the people that went down for spring break. Yeah, that's what I'm saying yeah. is that, like, there was a grace period, I think, that, like, you know, if you were in favor of initially locking down in February, but 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 now you're like, hey, I'm done with this I, grace period. Okay, so I, for, I, have, I forgive you. I remember hearing about this at the end of 2019, and they were saying that there was this virus coming out of China. It's called COVID, and it looks like it's pretty bad. They're thinking about it's because if people are eating uh, – what? Bat soup or whatever. Bat soup or weird sea creatures or whatever, right? Creepy sea creatures. And uh, I remember talking about this somewhat at the place I used to work. And I was like, you know what? This COVID thing, not a big deal. I, I think that the a lot of it's being way overblown. And we know that the response to this is going to be solely out of proportion, right? And and worse than the actual virus. Worse than the actual virus. That was the end of 2019. Then COVID hits. And it looks like I might have been wrong. Looks like I might have a little egg on my face. And I was talking – the same person I had this conversation with, I think this was in maybe like March or April of 2020, had said, it looks like you were wrong, Joe. And I said, well, let's wait a little bit longer. Let's see what happens. And not that I'm patting myself on the back, but I feel completely vindicated. No, I'm not that kind of person that's going to do a victory lap. I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm not. not I'm, I'm really not because I'm, there's too I'm much not, at stake. I'm not doing a victory lap either. But it's like if I could have figured this out. If I could have seen this coming, then it just shows that the people that are in charge really aren't that smart, or not that much smarter than you and I. It's not the time for a victory lap because because there's too much at stake. It's not the kind of person I am. I am either. But but I will say this: I've, I've multiple times I said this in my last article that I wrote about COVID. I said that once we get the 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 information from the United States, and once we get um, an admission of guilt, if we if we ever get one, if you're still holding, if you were, if you're still holding. The bucket at that point, I'm not gonna apologize, and and I yes, I will do a victory lap around you. So you know, there's many people that I know, and many people on the internet that you know initially fell for it, and then realized that it was all crap, and woke up to it, and that's fine. Like that, look, I've been there. I've fallen for crap, and then and then and had to admit I was I was I was incorrect, and it got the right right path. You know, that's that's fine. I, I'm I'm not I'm not mad at those people. Like whatever even if it was like late 2021 and you finally were like you know i'm done with this garbage like this is all crap i'm, I'm done with this triple vax no, heck no no i'm not doing that i'm not vaxing my five-year-old no welcome to the club you know so welcome aboard welcome aboard but like if i have done this and i've shown all this stuff and i've put the links in the description of this freaking spotify vi- podcast and go listen to it and you're still like you know what i think that everyone should be forced to get vaxxed and if you're not gonna get vaxxed then you're a bad person and you're not a christian and you hate other people and you shouldn't be allowed in society oh and by the way you're not wearing a mask you hate old people jacob you want them all to die you still value the economy over people's lives well you're a bad person, Jacob. But these are the same people that will uh, shun any conversation about the lab leak. They will. They... Well, well, yeah. And it's like, but don't you want to know where this came from and how it got started? They don't care, Joe. The only thing that the only thing that that they care about is have you had your booster yet? Because because they know if it turns out that it was lab leak, that completely discredits Dr. Fauci. And Dr. Fauci has been elevated to the status of Jesus. And because that's the truth, then these people look like they've been in a cult. Well, Dr. Fauci is the – look, 
out of everyone that he's put against the wall in that building government, uh, he's the first one. Um, you know, he belongs in a cell. And I think, I think, I think in a prison cell is um, being too kind to him. Uh, you know, that man is evil. That man is, you know, every regards as, as despicable as a person um, can get. And the fact that he's still praised, I just... Well, he is a science. Uh, so sorry, sorry. I I called him Fauci. Sorry, Doctor Science. Yeah, I, I, I meant to call him Doctor Science. So yeah, there you go. FOIA request UK um, showed that the United Kingdom's um, government inflated the death numbers, and still, still Google um, right now is posting 154,000 deaths. We know that is inflated. You can go look at the FOIA request again. If you're saying Jacob, you're um, you're you're, you're a conspiracy theorist. Um, when did you become Alex Jones? Well, no, 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 no. Um, if I'm quoting um, official Office of National St- St- Statistics from the government of UK, um, can I be a conspiracy theorist if, if, I, if I'm quoting the government? Um, it, it, yeah, figure that one out for me, Force. Um, of course, all the links for everything that we've talked about will be in the description below. And if not, you can easily find what we talked about because it's pretty common knowledge at this point. Um, but yeah, you know, um, that, I just want to put put that in wrapping up. Um, sorry, that was a little, that was a very passionate um, speech no, but there it's, at the it's, end. It's necessary. Um, it's absolutely necessary. Yeah, because I, I I just I am at the point where I am just losing patience with a lot of people. And I, I understand that's a it's a very I'm not talking to anybody like I know personally. There's no one I know personally that's just like. But it's still, a national psychosis. Still, still hanging on to this to this to the to, to this this failed narrative. Of the COVID, I'm not talking to anybody personally because everyone I know personally is not, it's not falling. They're they're all just over this crap. They're not down with the virus. They are they are not down with the virus. <laughs> they're they are they are not COVID positive, Joe. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, no, I'm just talking to everybody else that still is under this 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 mass psychosis as well, um, Doctor Malone I, quoted. Whenever I run into people or I see people like at the grocery store or whatever. Uh, wearing their mask or two masks, I just don't give them the time of day. When they walk by, I kind of chuckle to myself, like, "Oh, there's another sheep," and I just I keep moving. Or not, did not you sheep, see but that? Schmuck. Did you see that video? Um, <laughs> I think that Joey B. Tunes covered it. He had it in his latest podcast. Um, but I, crap, I think it was either the U.S. or U.K. government. It was one of the, one of these governments um, posted a video. Um, encouraging people to get vaccinated. So what they did is that they went, I went into a big field and they put f- like food, like feed in the shape of a syringe and they sent sheep. They sent sheep in the form of a syringe. They're not even hiding it anymore. Like that had to, <laughs> that had to have passed somebody in PR. Some executive was like, Sheep forming a vaccine. Hmm. Yep. That, we're gonna. That'll I'm gonna sell. green light that. That'll sell. It's all like it's either a slap in the face, like like they're fully aware what they're saying, or they're just completely retarded. And they have no idea what they've just done. Either either one is completely possible and funny either way. But like, you can't you can't even make this up anymore. Once the show ends, once we get off air, I will show it to you. I've too. seen it. Have you seen it? I've okay. seen it, but it's like it's the Matrix. But you know, the Matrix knows that you've yes. taken the red pill. It's like if, it's like if, if um, if the machine um, if 
if Agent Smith knows that everybody has taken the Red Bull and they're still just like under this illusion that that like that we think the magic is not real. Yeah. It's like, woo, this is not real. There's two suns and two moons. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone oh can fly. Oh my gosh. Um, anything you want to add, Joe, for the for the show? Anything you want to? You know um, what? Plug. I I I've realized the error of my ways, and I realized because I made stuffed cabbage for dinner. It's a very Eastern European dish. It's uh, very good today. Which that's the reason why we're, we're pro Putin. We, I, I, we are pro invasion of Ukraine. That's the reason why because we because we we ate the Eastern European food. Also, that and my check cleared today. Oh, I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean, my Putin sent me a gift. He sent me he sent me a non monetary gift. It was actually a bundle of um. It was actually um. You know you, you know you know who's Putin? Who? Who's talking about? What are you talking about? So um. <laughs> you know, you know what I love is that last thing, is that there's these. Uh, each country will train animals to do certain things, right? So, yeah. like the um, the U.S. military trained the dog to do CPR, but then it cuts to the the bird saluting Putin. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the bird saluting Putin is like one of my favorite things because, like, yeah. it's a very weird video. It it looks fake, but I don't think it's fake. I don't know. <laughs> the bird like lands and just like salutes Putin and flies away. Yeah, I love that video. That is that that is up there. I think if I could like make, you know, I'm thinking about something. The now that you've got that mention, I'll make that make that like my Steam profile picture. Be it like salute bird salute, <laughs> bird saluting Putin. I'll have a picture of that. I can just be. <laughs> um saluting bird putin or whatever be kind of funny um so i mentioned this on the last episode on the friday episode but um sat sunday will be my last day on facebook and on instagram so if you want to send me a little um goodbye goodbye post or like you know jacob you've meant so much to me and you're the most wonderful brilliant human being to ever live stuff like that would be would be very very nice um, you know, if you want to send me gifts, you can do that. I'll be happy to shoot me my um, Venmo. If you do, that would be a, a look. That'd mean the world to me. And if you don't, it's okay. I just know how I just you know rank in your friendship, and I rank as as a person to you. So you know, if if you send me nothing, that's okay. But not, we know where you stand. Exactly, I know where you stand. So just leave you there. Um, yes, I, I'll be completely off of social media. The, the accounts will be gone. I've backed up. Everything I think I even backed up my Snapchat, which, good lord, if if you if you if you request um an, a, a a a um information folder from Snapchat, they they send you everything, like every text message, every video, and they send you everything. It, it's it's kind of creepy, honestly, because I I I got the folder and I was just scrolling like 2015 messages, and I'm like, they still have this, like oh, mm, it's creepy. Um, why would you want that? Well, I, I just like to have all, all. I like to have all the information that way in case I have any. I just it's a. I like to store it away. Just it's. Mm. I'd rather have it than them have it because once I delete it, I think it goes away forever from them. Supposedly. Yeah, well, supposedly. But you know, there's as, as I said, there, there's photos I want to keep. Um, just from my travels around the world. I don't have all the photos on my Instagram that I've had on my phone because I've changed phones throughout the years. So I just want to take those. Um. But yeah, I'm gonna be completely a wall on social media. My Twitter will still exist. I only keep Twitter mainly because if I need to pull an article or a tweet, um, using Twitter with, 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 without an account, it's kind of impossible. So if I ever need to pull a tweet, 
um, from somebody because um, that's the only, the only reason why I have Twitter is just to have access to what people have said. I don't go on there. I don't tweet anything. But if I need to pull, like, if there's, like, if a Joe Biden says that that game on Russia, it, you know, I, I, it's got a screenshot that okay. I want to know. I, I want to know if he just says, like, game on. cursing at the press pool. I want to know that, too. He's like, Peter, you see, you son of a. <laughs> oh, wait, delete. How do I delete? Types in, types in, delete. Delete, delete, delete. <laughs> Type, types in backspace and then it's like deletes to a personal conversation he's just like jill how do i delete this and then it just send <laughs> you know the thing the, the, the thing um but yeah so if you if as yeah so if you want to um know my thoughts besides the show and you want to get in touch with me best way to do it is two ways uh, my Substack, liberty overdrive dot libertyoverdrive.substack.com is where i post all my thoughts on current events i'm working on a um I'm working on two projects right now for the Substack, so if there's no little bits coming out this week, that's why I'm I'm doing I'm doing a um album cover. I won't spoil that one, and then I'm doing a post on an event that happened 50 years ago today. So it's a little hint for those of you who who know their history. Not 50 years ago this week, sorry. Um, so those of you who know, who know their history can look back and kind of know what I'm talking about. But that's gonna be a controversial thing, I know, especially in my own circles. So um, be ready for me to explain what it is. Be ready for me to explain myself. I'll show you um, when okay. I'm at the show. That'll be. Um, I'll probably need to clarify my my position just for the thousandth umpt time on that. And um, again, if you love what you listen to, and you loved my passionate rants, and you loved Joe's um, um, insight onto what's going on in this world, and you want to support the show, the best way to do it is Patreon slash the Standing Brothers Show. That's the best way to do it. Five bucks a month gets you early access one day early on the podcast. And it's the best way to show that you love and support us. And again, all the proceeds of that go to, go right back into the show. We don't um, pocket I don't pocket money. any of the money. Yeah. It goes all to hosting sites. It goes to um, anything, we le- anything we have left over from the hosting sites goes into a fund, which we use to purchase new equipment. So best way to support us. And also, hey, you get an episode. Of, you get you get an episode a day early, which is pretty cool. Um, join the website; you can do it there. Um, Teespring store. We get, we got T-shirts. They're pretty cool. Um, I wear one occasionally. Um, I love I love this T-shirt. There's a thing I wrote back in my Substack when we went, went, went to Disney and wore it. And there's a bunch of ride photos of me. So you know, shameless publicity there. I'm just glad no one was wearing it on January six. <laughs> that would have been really. If awesome. we saw a Standing Brothers show shirt in the, the Capitol. We we strongly disavow the actions. That would have been really awkward. We've had a lot of explaining to do. Um, no, but that's the way to get us in touch. Um, sorry. Best way to support us is to do that way financially. Um, you can also contact us directly through the email, the Staying Brothers Show at gmail.com. You can get best way to get in touch with us is through the email or um, through my Substack. Joe, anything you want to talk about? Any final thoughts? Anything cool going on this week for you? Uh, I can't think of anything right now. Um... Hey, the Olympics start soon. I'm not going to watch. Yeah, that is true. I'm not going to watch. Not because of the whole China thing, but just because there's no hockey. There's yeah. no men's hockey. The NHL I mean, isn't going. I mean, you can just watch the American team play. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll probably still end up watching the the, the American team, but I won't watch. Okay, I'll still watch it, but I won't watch it with the same intensity as if the American like as all, the full strength. All no. the best players 
or probably won't be there. It's going to be all college players. College and high school is going to be playing. So, I mean, what's the? why would I want to watch hockey without Connor McDavid and Ovechkin and Stamkos and all these guys and Vasilevsky and all these guys if they're not playing? That's true. Why would I want to watch that? Um, I do know that the NHL is playing games throughout that time, so there's plenty of hockey games to watch. Yeah. Uh, and then, um, hey, baseball, you know – Oh, don't get me started on baseball no, and the lockout. No, do you know what's crazy though? Is that we're literally like less than three months away from base. We're we're we're, we're almost like a we're a little over a month away of baseball happening. Like baseball, well, that's pitchers and catchers report in like three weeks. That's if they can get. That's if they get the lockout lockout uh, fixed. I think they will. I don't know, man. I think so. They're they're meeting later this week. I don't update. And they've made substantial progress from the article. I was, the ESPN article I was reading. They've, Who wrote they've it? made. I forget, but is it Jeff Passan? I don't know, but they've made they've made good progress. I think there's too much incentive for them, for them not to play. Well, I I think the players' association is tired of getting the short end of the stick for the last I don't know decade because the owners have just run roughshod over them. Now I'm not pro labor, I'm not pro uh, the union ownership of the 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 team owners either, but at the same time though they they I think they forget what this whole thing is about, and it's about the fans because without the fans. They ain't nothing. Yeah. And the owners forget without the players, they don't have a team. And the players forget without an owner, they don't have a team. So, like I said, I think there's gotta, too much incentive for them not to play. Right. I think that it'll come it'll come into the wire, but I think March 31st there'll be there'll be baseball in America. I, I think what's happened is that both the owners and players have have lost have lost the perspective of what baseball is. It's a sport. Yes, it, yes, there's a business side to it, but it's a sport, yeah. and it's driven by fans. And when you take the fans and viewership for granted, you get situations like this, right? Long gone are the days when people would play baseball to get out of the coal mines. Now they play baseball to become multimillionaires, if not billionaires, if A-Rod keeps going the way he's going. But, true. but you know, I, I think a hard dose of reality. And if, uh, if baseball doesn't come back in the spring, if we don't start on time, then I think there should be a massive boycott by baseball fans. Say, enough is enough. Like... I get that I get that there are teams that are upset about the revenue sharing, how they don't want to give any money to the Pittsburgh Pirates or to the Orioles, the Yankees. Oh, I are, get it. The Yankees are tired of giving that money to them. But at the same time, though, it's about the fans. The fans are what matter the most. So, players, I know you're tired of, not, of your pay getting cut, but come on. A lot of you make leaps and bounds above the average – uh, salary in America, or just the average professional athlete salary in right. America. Baseball players are usually, are usually the highest paid players in. In I think the NFL might be higher, but still though. But yeah, the NFL though, it, unless you're a quarterback, you don't make more than a major league baseball player. Right. So, I mean, yes, you can you can look at Garrett Cole or um, uh, Scherzer and all these guys that get paid, you know, tens of millions of dollars every year to play baseball. And yes, you can say, well, what about the minor league players? They only make, you know, basically minimum wage. But again, you're getting played to play a sport. And not everyone can do that. So, again, a little gratitude for the fans. How about a thank you to the fans, right? So when, yeah. Mike, so, so when Mike Trout gets his next deal with Nike or whatever, right, just say, you know what, it's for the fans. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. So we'll see about baseball. I'm coming back. I'm excited about that. Um and we'll be back on Friday, hopefully. So we'll see you guys Friday. Um, as always, the message is to be positive. Love each other out there. Look, there's enough hate. There's enough horrible things going on in this world. Um, 
the one thing the world does not need is for you to be part of it. Okay, so that's the message out there is to do something positive, do something awesome. When did um, this turn into Wendy Williams show? Shut up. Goodbye. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, the how you doing? <laughs> that's it. We're done. So, all right, guys. We'll see you guys later. Peace. We're breathing again. Thanks a lot.